What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? It's the Messenger Andre, and I'm back with the season finale of what's been an interesting season, an interesting time. Before we go over this season, I'm going to talk about something because I know a lot of people, especially a lot of people in my community, are against vasectomies. I really thought Nick Cannon said that he was going to get one, but he's still populating the world. I got my three children. I did my due diligence with society, but I'm fucking done. Got my vasectomy and I'm shooting up the fucking club. Hold up. I don't know if I can say that. I can't I can't use that. So I would say that I'm uh, filling up her cavity. No, because that sounds bad. Uh, what about I'm busting free nuts? How about that? Busting free nuts, serving up that wet, wet. You know, I don't know if it's the vasectomy or my age or the miles on my dick. I don't know. But as soon as I get hard, my shit gets so fucking wet. Okay, pause. My shit, like my dick, my dick be dripping. That's why I don't like fucking with condoms. We got into an argument some years ago, like me and some coworkers. And what is pre-cum? What is it for? So by definition, we were both right. He thought it was just to clear out the passageway, you know, OP and shit. And I was like, no, it's fucking lube, dude. Like it's the best lube. That's why I don't like fucking with condoms, because it's like a waste. But we looked it up, and it's the, both both are true. You know, whatever. Once I got the vasectomy, my shit changed. I mean, I guess it's not even it's not even come for real. It's like Dasani, like you could drink it, but it just don't taste right, I guess. But it's it's like the perfect elixir or lube. But I'm not saying to just go around nothing and people all willy vanilla. No, like. I always preach monogamy. If you if you hear me, you know I, I love monogamy. But at least get tested together. I don't know, safe sex, right? I'm just saying, condom sex just ain't right. Ladies know what I mean, right? Pussy be going all dry. Let the nigga last more than 20 minutes. Like, keep it real. All that noise she be making, fellas? Newsflash, yeah, she digging in your back because that shit probably hurt. I mean, women don't run from good, wet dick. I mean, keep it real. But shit... Talking about my vasectomy, man. My doctor damn near forced Viagra on me. Like, what the fuck? Oh, some men say they dick be acting funny. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but that was before the procedure. At my follow-up, this nigga was like, everything good down there? And I'm like, shit, I already jerked off like 30 times. So I know I was operating properly. But when, when I told him, when I nutted, it shot out like a snot rocket. It, it just wasn't the same. And plus, it was like a weird consistency. So apparently, snotty nut juice is ED. Cause this nigga prescribed me some motherfucking pills and I'm like, what the, I'm like, okay, fuck it. So, I mean, I don't, I don't need this shit, but the shit give out teenage dick hearts. Plus, 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 in my humble opinion, bitches want to talk about the blue pill, but that lube y'all need, mm-hmm, to get or keep y'all going, mm-hmm. I look at that as the female equivalence. Think about it. Some of y'all can't survive without it. Nah, bitch, don't blame us. Get your shit together. But we don't knock lube, do we? Nope. We love it, but I'm good though. But as you get older, you realize bitches want you to go soft. Shit, even wet dick go dry? What the fuck? But I mean, shit, lube got a whole fucking section. Shit that gets hot to cold, cold to hot. I know some shit that make your shit crackle like those little pop rocks kids used to eat. I mean, <laughs> must be nice, right? I'm sure they got prescription lube, but you don't really see Viagra all over the fucking shelves or, or like with a whole fucking section dedicated to healthy dick hearts. Fuck no. You don't see that shit. But what you do see is these underground fucking pills at the gas stations and shit. The mega dick 7000s that'll bust your motherfucking heart open. Those, those motherfucking <laughs> power penis 1000, rhino dick. Like, <laughs> whatever. But 
shit. I remember one day, um, long story short, true shit. I had this little bitch, this little young joint. She was like 20-something, like 22. I was like 32 or some shit like that. Fuck no, I ain't need no pill. No way. But I used to always stop at the same gas station for the, they had a Gatorade, two for $4 and shit. So I would get that with a pack of condoms. You know, we were waiting for the STD results, obviously. Fuck condoms, right? Anyway, my man knew exactly what was going down by like the third time. So one day he tapped on the glass. Ding, ding, ding. Trust me, my friend. Make you strong. It was a big ass motherfucking ant with a big ass dick on a box or something like that. But, I'm, but I tell him, I'm already strong, brother. I got you. I'm good. He clenches his fist. Stronger. And just the look in his eyes. He had a look of fire in his eyes. And I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. YOLO, right? Take a strange pill from a strange man. But he busted open a box and gave me a two-pack for free, my friend. Trust me. I said, all right, fuck it. Cracked open the Gatorade, took that shit right there, and completely forgot about it. Just popped the fucking... I, th I think I took both of them. Yeah, I took both of them. Boom, flash forward. I'm with this little bitch. Next thing I know, man, we rubber-dubbing and shit. I look down and my shit just sitting there. Like he was at attention holding his motherfucking breath. Like just, just, I didn't even know I was hard. Like that shit was just, then it was uh, crooked to the side and shit with the hook. He was very handsome. He was handsome and wet and fucking throbbing. But it was like I, like, it was just crazy. But my head, the worst fucking headache of my life and my heart was pounding. I got my heart beat in my ears. My eyes felt bloodshot, but my dick though, whew, I had to use that motherfucker. I split that bitch in half like a Thanksgiving turkey. Telling you, man, that shit was crazy. I was fucking in and out of consciousness. I mean, uh, 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 auto fucking. Uh, 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 uh. Shit was crazy. It was like a fucking third arm. I fucking puked all over the side of her couch. I don't even think she knew. Condom pop, dick went dry. Fuck it. I ain't even nut. Man, I fucking collapsed. I yell, ah, Jesus. I'm, I'm sure she thought I busted nut, but I didn't. And uh, I, don't know, I don't know how long it took, but I got my shit together. I remember trying to stand up, getting dizzy, sitting back down. But anyway, when I got home to my wife at the time, whatever, that's another story. I had to tell her I was playing fucking flag football. <laughs> Oh, my whole my shirt was so fucking wet. Plus the little hole squirted that piss shit all over my pants. It's yeah, it's piss. It's piss. Don't argue with me about it. It's fucking piss. Right, I'm coming. Piss, 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 piss. Like, okay. All right, bitch. What if we did that shit, right? I think bitches do that shit for payback. How else do you get a nigga back from nothing in your face? Pissing heads, right? Y'all bitches been waiting. Then y'all got hat. Y'all got niggas liking that shit as a kink. Y'all got niggas, you know what I'm saying, like really liking that shit, but it's fucking piss. And y'all know, y'all know what it is. Hmm. Fuck that. They have vasectomy. Yeah, so that, <laughs> and that brings me, I bring up vasectomy because my man Nick Cannon, I could have sworn he said he was going to get a vasectomy, but he, he doubled back. I don't know if his bag got bigger, his heart got big. I don't know. He just want to populate the fucking world. Episode one, we talked about Mr. Cannon and that silent epidemic that he brought up. Remember that an overwhelming percentage of women need some help keeping down their fresh. And if you really think about it over the years, I watched a documentary on cheerleading where she said they had to sign fucking papers saying that they going to keep their pH balance level. We all know. We all know this shit true. You know what I'm saying? Most, most of y'all young ladies, 
just don't have it figured out. And y'all try to deal with that shit on y'all own. We see, we keep seeing shit on Instagram and other social medias about stank pussy. It's a fucking epidemic. You know what I'm saying? And like I say, the, the solution is monogamy. Leave that hot girl summer shit in the past. Protect your box. Get a guy. Be what he need. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, it's universally solid. With women, it goes a little further. Like I said, monogamy. All men don't cheat. It really be y'all choosing D-boys, domestic abusers, drug dealers, rappers, basketball players. But the dude with the government job, he boring, right? The dude that love you to death is boring, right? Just bums. Just bums. But even all those unfaithful losers that y'all pick can be solid gentlemen. But y'all pick boys that, can't, that don't respect women, so you get what you get, bitches. Chronic BV with a couple of babies on the side. The solution is simple. Like I said, I keep fucking saying it. Monogamy, a doctor's visit, and a real man. Keep pushing back against age gap dating, too. Like, every time I bring that up to a little bitch, she look at me funny. But if you're 25, your dating range should be, what? Like, if you're a 25-year-old young lady, man, your man should be around 40, 38. You know what I'm saying? 35, 40, around that age. Because, bitch, a nigga your age is more likely to not give a fuck about your youth and your beauty. No shit, because y'all all the same. He grew up with your ass, pretty much. And men at 35 and 40, we're so ready to just chill. Don't nobody want to be in the streets. Half y'all bitches stink. You know what I'm saying? 80% of y'all bitches funky. You know what I'm saying? Like, we tired of that shit. We just want one fucking female. And once we get our bag together, we ready because that's all we've been working on. But y'all don't know how to pick them. Like I say, and at that age, if you 25 trying to date a 25, 26, 27-year-old, that dude's still trying to figure it out. And if, if they somehow financially straight, they not looking to settle down. They done figure some shit out. And now, you know what I'm saying, that's when you get your dick the wettest. They just getting started. Most guys don't even know what it means to be a man at 25. They equate that shit with body counts. So they're looking just to fuck. Body counts and some dudes, baby mothers. You know what I'm saying? The more baby mothers you got, the more of a man they feel. And that's fucking weird. The messenger gives, but you must receive. I can only deliver messages. I mean, either argue and be wrong or accept it and make a change. All this shit I talk about, man, you could take these wherever you want. You could take these morsels and you could stand on these motherfuckers and expand on them and shut down any motherfucking argument. You can't, you can't argue against this shit. This shit is proven. In episode two, we got on a couple of niggas that fuck with the Jews. We already know. We already know. Since then, Kanye act like this was part of a larger scheme to break away from the corporate boots. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what was it? Who, who he with? Uh, Adidas? They was just doing shit without his approval, colorways and designs. And he ain't fuck with that shit. And if you really think about it, if you knew Kanye, you got to realize he's just a regular fucking guy. He's not as wacky as people think he is. He's just normal. Why would he do some dumb shit like that if it wasn't part of a bigger plan? Now he done married one of the designers and he about to, like I said, drop that Yeezy store. We got you. The other nigga that fucked with the Jews and almost learned this motherfucking lesson, all he had to do was suck a couple Jew dicks, I'm sure. But uh, he requested a, a trade. And um, I don't know if he gonna get that 50, 50 mil a year, but he did get to the uh, Mavericks with Luca. We'll see how that goes. But what did we learn at the end of the day? Leave the Jews alone. Leave the Jews alone. Stay in your lane. <laughs> we all get what we want at the end of the day. Stay in your lane. Shit, man. Three and four, we talked about shaming and these ableist words, right? Several different forms. And, you know, when I listened to it, I, I, I kind of felt bad because I say, if you're fat, I can't be your friend. And that's not true. I could be your friend. I can. But y'all don't want to be my friend. That's the thing. Because I'm always going to try to motivate my fat friends. 
You know what I'm saying? Always use motivational tactics to encourage weight loss and a healthy lifestyle. Always. I'm always going to do it because I don't want nobody to just fucking die in front of me. Nope. Like I said, they are the ones that can't be friends with me. They'd rather not be friends than lose weight. It is what it is. But fun fact, there was a study years ago that revealed that if you hanging with fat people and you not fat, you're more than likely to get fat before they get skinny. And like I say, I think it's because fatties, especially the fucking girls, will slim shame the fuck out of a girl that's simply within her height and her weight. And the longer they're friends, the more these fat bitches shame and sabotage their sexy little friends. Putting butter in her milkshakes, talking about her pronounced clavicles. Fuck them fat bitches, Keisha. Get new friends. Don't be the little one of your big friends because it's like, if you're only 100-something pounds and all your friends 200 plus, you, the bigger you get, as long as you hanging around them, you're always going to be the skinny one. Shit, Melissa and them 250 plus and are all under 5'8". You're a buck 75 and 5'6". You fat too now. You used to be 125. Run, Keisha, while you still have a chance. Then we rolled on over to uh, disease, specifically monkeypox and how monkeypox is dumb, right? It wasn't deadly and it, it left barnacles all over your fucking face. I talked about how the media glossed over the fact that uh, gay men were spreading it to other gay men, women, and sometimes their children. The messenger pointed out the fact that men get super duper horny, two men super duper duper horny, and um, men, we don't thoroughly examine ourselves like women, and if somebody bent over in a situation, gay or straight, we could care less about a motherfucking butt bump and a crease, even two butt bumps, even three butt bumps with four blemishes. We don't care. We rubbing our dick all between them ass cheeks and we putting it in. Men, women, gay, straight, whoever on that bottom need to be the, you need to be the one doing due diligence. The person on the top, can't. we can't think straight when we hard. So ladies already do their job. I'm talking about gay bottoms. Thoroughly examine yourself. And if something ain't right, man, get that shit together, man. That's all it is. That's how AIDS spread it. It's just two horny motherfuckers, man. That's all. And I'm not talking bad about no community. It's all love. I don't hate anyone. Take it how you want. Like I said, you can't be so horny that you put your health at risk. Herpes, monkeypox, chlamydia, etc. Sometimes are asymptomatic or present with minimal signs. Say one bump here or there. Get tested. Examine yourself. Bottoms and tops alike, but especially bottom boys. Gay butt sex doesn't have to harbor disease. And if you're like the average gay man with five new partners every couple months on average, be safe and vigilant. And that's nasty. That's really nasty for anybody to be running through bodies at that rate. That's what, uh, every three months, five, what? That's like 20 new motherfuckers a year? 20, 25 on average? You might have a good month where you do... Come on now. Then we talked about uh, America's moral decline. The moral decline in America and how the elders are just withholding information. And uh, we talked about that delusional lady that compared herself to a trans woman because no one married her ass or put a baby in her. But whatever, lady. The show wasn't really about her. The message was, like I said, how our elders didn't learn shit. She should have just been honest and told the girls that she's lonely and wish she would have had a few of them children that she killed or swallowed, you know? But black women these days are more successful than ever, but single and miserable as ever because they focus on the wrong shit. They'd rather have a child over a wedding ring. I mean, focus on your work, but relationships as well. Relationship skills falter. I mean, we all know this shit. Then you become 
more successful, have more money, but your ass don't know how to act. Then y'all don't care because y'all bosses and we should submit to y'all. I mean, that's what it is. But no man wants that shit. Yeah, fuck boys, but not men. So ladies, you should be going for a husband the same way you go for these college degrees or promotions at, at that same age. But you don't have to have a fucking whore face for crying out loud. I mean, you can, but those are the best pussy or the best pussy and body years you got. Your physical prime. No one gives a fuck about that 35 to 40 year old sexual prime shit pussy. It stinks. Let them old horny ass ladies fuck the young felons and losers that kinda need a mama figure. The dudes that'll fuck anything, they care about what you can provide so y'all can be the man like y'all want. But you get what you get, ladies. Those aren't the marrying type, but they'll give you a motherfucking baby. <laughs> and they'll marry you if they have to, but you buying your own motherfucking ring, bitch. Y'all ladies know. <laughs> y'all know the ladies that buy their own rings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but next we talked about gentrification. Oh, I hate going over. Like, I, oh. I mentioned the wealth gap between whites and white and black families is 170K versus 1700. I think it was 17,000 in the article. I, you know, I misspoke, but either way, they shitting on us. But it's way more to that. For every one buck that a white family makes, a black family makes 25 cents. White, white families under 35, their net worth is around $25,000. Compared to black families that same age, it's $600. Net worth not owning, no savings. Like, what the fuck is this? The message here is quit with the fucking excuses. I mean, being afraid of home ownership, business ownership, ownership of any kind. Oh, wait, you'll own some designer, some Jordans or whatever the trend of the time is, whatever. I get that previous generations just didn't know. They just didn't know. But information, information was withheld back then. Opportunities weren't as visible or abundant, but fuck that. Now we have to get over the modern slave mentality that makes people think that ownership isn't for them or just isn't attainable. Fuck it, it is. Our parents didn't know, but we do. If you were born in the 80s on up, it's no fucking excuses. The information is out there and been out there. It was on urban.org. Quote, black and Hispanic families lag behind on major wealth building measures like home ownership. Like I fucking said, it's not about owning, it's about selling, it's about owning but ultimately selling, wealth building measures, early investing. What's the flip side these days? Black families think they got it figured out because they done made student loans attainable. Now black families carry more student loan debt than whites because the whites, they pay for their kids' school because they've been, they've been saving and doing these wealth building measures, you know, from an early age because they learned, they learned. We think college education is the way to wealth, but that's the way to lifetime debt. <laughs> but that's what they pushing making a college degree the same as a high school diploma or a GED. The system isn't rigged because the information is out there. Now we have to just act. First ladies, choose more suitable mates, a man with character, don't have kids right away. Second, fill your heads with knowledge, invest in home ownership, all that shit we talked about. Then act, then have children, then dump information on your fucking kids. That's how you start this shit. That's how you start generational wealth. It's, it's not really about the money, it's about the information and people willing to act on that information. Your shit should be in order before you have kids, simply put. You shouldn't have to figure shit out, but normal just parenting stuff, you know what I'm saying? <sighs> Gentrification is a word that means absolutely nothing if you listen to the messenger and do what the fuck you need to do. White people retiring with over $2 million in retirement investments, real estate, etc. Blacks retiring with around $250,000. 
Inform yourself and act. And that's the thing. Listen to these fucking scams. I've been listening to these uh these little these little short YouTube videos talking about, you know, um people that scam old people and stuff like that. And it's usually older black people panicking with their life savings. You think this guy took $80,000 from Hattie Mae and that was her whole life savings. That's that's all she had. But she knew. She knew that she had some time to live in, and and that shit was dwindling. So she gave this man her whole fucking life savings. You don't hear no white people giving somebody. I'm sure it happens. And if you want to argue, you could just bring up the exceptions. But most of the time, it's not old white people giving up their $3.9 million retirement fund. They're straight. They're fine. It's the, it's the black it's the black people that that fail to do the take some wealth building measures, and now they got this $200,000, this $175,000, this this bullshit, and, and they uh they on a fixed income, and they looking for the next way to flip their motherfucking money because they go they know they're gonna outlive that retirement and be in the streets. That's what the fuck it is. Do what you have to do now. If you're under 25 and you're not investing and you and you don't have no long term investments, you fucking up. You fucking up. It don't matter what job you got because most of y'all, when you retire, you're going to be on a fixed income, whether you have a pension or not. Motherfuckers really say, motherfuckers really will sit here and say, today, two fucking day, a motherfucker sit here and look at me in my face and say, he don't know how to invest. I say, nigga, back when I was talking about it 20 years ago in the Navy, you had to, it just sent, it was a lot more steps to investing. I think you had to even get a fucking stock. I don't know. It just seemed like it was so much. But now, you download an app and transfer some fucking money. It's crazy. It's crazy. Slave-minded niggas. And they all gonna say it's like history keep repeating. So I wish I would have blah, 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 blah. You know all the companies. You know Amazon. You know Tesla. You know Apple. You know all the fucking companies. All these motherfuckers that ain't going nowhere. But whatever. Then we talked about how awkward it is to be white these days. And the slave nigga movies, they come out with every fucking year. <laughs> the color purple was a Broadway thing. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a movie, but either way, that shit needed to just go away. Leave it alone. Let it die. But it was a Broadway thing. But still, emancipation was niggered up. No, thank you. The thing is, there are plenty of good race neutral black movies, but they promote the ones that will piss you off or distract us. Fucking Black Panther was used to change the meaning of Black Panther. We got us all excited over a fictional fucking place with a fictional character. Motherfuckers crossing their arms talking about Wakanda for like grown people. Oof. <laughs> Seriously? They think we dumb. So they see that and they're like, oh, these niggas will eat up anything. How the fuck? <laughs> Our hero, T'Challa. Okay. It was a movie, uh, A Lot of Nothing, 2023. Upper middle class back black family next to an asshole white neighbor, right? Find out some shit. Niggas not taking it no more. Fuck that racist movie. But Monique, she got a good movie that just came out, but, um, but she dare went against the narrative, so they they barely promoted it. But um, looked like it's a solid movie. The reading, check it the fuck out. Think, why did we turn our back on Monique? Canceled her amongst the Hollywood stuff. She dared to tell black women, or if I, she just, you know, stop wearing bonnets in public. It don't look right. Like it's fashionable. Bonnets and fucking PJs at airports, picking up children from school. It's just not a good look at all. She wasn't wrong. Why you wanna look like you just rolled out of bed? Why do you wanna show that you might stink? You might smell that you didn't shower? Then you get looks from guys, why? Because those guys see that you don't care about nothing. And they are the guys that don't care either. Yeah, they'll get you pregnant and not care either. Huh, I could leave the house in any kind of way and still pull a nigga. 
Yeah, Keisha. Them outside niggas that will fuck a soda can. Yep, they be lined up behind a dumpster with Maybelline, old fucking neighborhood crackheads sucking their dicks one by one. Yep, dumb niggas. Dumb niggas that'll put their dick in anything. That's why the Down Syndrome girl that lived down on the corner got pregnant. Because they'll fuck any. Not that Down Syndrome people don't need love. But you get where I'm going with this shit. And then, the niggas y'all fuck, he hollering at you, but he got them on a male version of what you got on. The do-rag, same as the bonnet. Them PJs you got on, them his basketball shorts slapped in underneath some jeans with some funky trap socks and Air Force Ones or Tim's. If it's summer, then he wears a tank top. Winter, that same tank top under a winter coat. But I digress. Monique got canceled by us for simply making an observation and commenting on it, but she wasn't wrong. Then we circle back. We actually circle back to the importance of wet wipes and how you stanky, wipeless motherfucking clowns that routinely have accidents throughout the day think that dry wiping does anything at all after pooping. This is a dead subject. Wet wipes are the way. And for men, keep your ass clean, stay head ready. Guys and girls, stay head ready. I bet y'all motherfucking wipers, I bet y'all dirty clothes stank. You know my wife dirty clothes? I could, I could swim through that shit like Scrooge McDuck swim through money. Her dirty clothes smell nice. Ain't no motherfucking fishy, muddy, poopy. It ain't nothing going on in there. It smell like clean clothes. Just a little wrinkled, I guess. But clean yourself properly after you use the restroom. Enough said. Then, um, uh, this season, I think I gave the best solution to America's mass murders or their mass shootings. Well, yeah, mass murders. Remember, there's usually no protection from in gun-free zones. Gun-free zones are only for law-abiding citizens, not criminals. Criminals go there and play God. Fuck that. No more gun-free zones, a war of bravery and heroism. We, the citizens, are the answer. It happens, but it needs to happen more. We talked about the different heroes that stopped the shooters, you know what I'm saying, that stopped people from being killed. Um, we got uh, Elijah Dickens, talked about him last time. Manuel Resto, this dude was a security guard. Stopped a crazy man in a mask from going into a nightclub. That's why I can't say shooting up the club. This motherfucker's starting to really do that shit often. Um, security guard got beat with the gun. Shooter got one shot off. You're a fucking hero, Manuel Resto. But yeah, it's a cautionary tale because I say stand up, you know what I'm saying? But it has to be something. You got to be smart about it. So the story of the hero, Johnny Hurley, he stopped a mass shooter, but the cop shot and killed him. How? Why? Because he was doing too motherfucking much. So he got a pistol and he was always ready. He, he used to tell his friends, like, man, I wish somebody would. You know what I'm saying? I'm always going to be, you know, vigilant and this shit ain't never going to happen on my watch. And my So anyway, shit goes down. Somebody killed a cop already shooting. He asked somebody where the sh shot's coming from. They point. He see the dude. He do his motherfucking thing, Call of Duty style, walk down on the dude from a distance. You know what I'm saying? And popped the motherfucker. Killed him. Dude had an AR-15. He had a hanger. My man Johnny Hurley took that motherfucker down. But what he did next, it's like, dude, what you thought you had on a fucking police uniform? So you got to realize the situation. The police are terrified. One of their colleagues got smoked. Other people got killed. It's fucking mayhem. Shots going off. Then they look up and they see you, Mr. Johnny Hurley, with your red shirt on standing over a person who they don't, you know, they don't know who you're standing over with the AR-15 and you're trying to take the clip out. But all I'm looking at is you got a clip in your hand. You could be reloading. So yeah, they shot his ass and killed him. <sighs> Johnny Hurley, you are a hero. But goddamn, man. People, learn from Johnny Hurley. If you shoot the motherfucker, if you take down a mass shooter, drop your weapon, put, or put it away, stay there, 
or get get to a safe location and turn yourself or leave and turn yourself in later. But um, by no means do you go and try to disarm the suspect and kick the gun away or nothing like that because the police, you know, they they real iffy with shit like that, man. They real they real nervous. But yeah, no more run, fight, and hide because that ain't always an option. You have to just know that you're on your own. After all, think. You can't even make terroristic threats on the plane no more. Pull out a box cutter. The whole fucking plane gonna pounce because 9-11 happened. No one's having that shit no more. Act funny on the plane, you'll be duct taped to the fucking seat and, and beat to, or beat to a bloody motherfucking pope. Try it, I promise. Now, outside of that, we have to be like, fuck it. Because on a plane, you know death is imminent. So in a mass shooting situation, you have to know that a lot of death is imminent. Same as a plane going down. And there's no help coming. And they might wait till it's over anyways. Y'all know how that shit go. It's an article in New York Times uh, real quick. Um, and I'm going to end this because I don't want to go over. But amid a plague of shootings, bystanders become heroes. Fight if you must. Students take a frontline role in school shootings. That's what I'm saying. First, run and cover if you can't locate the shooter. You run just to locate him. He'll think you ran away. You can throw something across the room as a diversion if you want to. Sounds silly, but it's an effective tactic. He will look in that direction. And then you fucking pounce. So yeah, let's go over it. First, take cover to locate the shooter. Second, distract him if you have to. Third, quickly pounce. Every If everyone is thinking this way, then maybe these shoots will stop happening so often or they'll just be stopped and not make it to the headlines you'll just hear that <laughs> bystanders fucked this dude up left him look like martin lawrence in, the, in that episode of martin and um reward them handsomely still reward them handsomely every i mean i'll even pay an extra tax i fucking hate taxes but i'll put money into a reward fund for people that stop mass shootings i pay that shit every month just a little something everybody pay you know five dollars some shit like that and it'll build up over time hopefully the mass shootings will slow down and, and these people be rewarded for their bravery for for saving people i'm the messenger and I try to give you solutions. This has been a hell of a season. And to all my listeners, I really appreciate you. I don't know where you came from. I don't know where you're going, but I appreciate you uh, finding my show and listening. Tell your friends that The Messenger got something to say. I'll be dropping bonus episodes throughout the year. Season two, I'll let you know when it's coming. It'll be different flavor. I may even put a video with it. Get to know me on a more personal level. But uh, this is The Messenger. Andre and I'm out. Don't forget to follow me. Twitter, The Messenger Dre. Instagram, The Messenger Andre. Deuces.